Hello, and welcome back to Mies on Smash, the weekly podcast where we have unique writers and comedians on to flesh out the hypothetical Super Smash Brothers cinematic universe. I'm your co-host, Simon Lewis Ong. And I'm your other co-host, Pete Simmons-Hayes. And we have a very exciting episode for you guys today. Yeah, today we have our friend Nikki Haririan, and she is going to be doing a game I am very excited about because I don't know what the fuck it's going to be. She's doing Dr. Mario. We are talking Dr. Mario today and in, in, in a year where more attention has been focused on the uh, medical world than ever before. Uh, we're pleased to tackle the very topical Dr. Mario. Yeah, I'm really excited because I think when it comes to the stakes of this one, they can be extremely high, <laughs> you know? Just responsibility-wise and death toll-wise. This isn't really reflected in the stakes of the games, unfortunately, because regular Mario, he's constantly saving uh, the Mushroom Kingdom and defeating Bowser, and the stakes feel really high in that. And then in the Dr. Mario games, He's just like killing these viruses, I guess, and the stakes don't feel that high, but really it should be the other way around where where Dr. Mario is, is, he's, I mean, Mario, does regular Mario, he doesn't even have a, an MD, but Dr. Mario does. Dr. Mario went to med school. In the Dr. Mario games, at least the ones in story, maybe we'll get into this later, he has the choice on whether he will save people at the end or not. And you know, we'll, we'll wait for Nikki to get into this. Let's hear a little bit about Nikki. Nikki Hererian is a writer, producer, and generally cool gal. After years of writing and producing sketch comedy in New York, she made the terrible decision to move to Los Angeles, and is now halfway through an MFA in writing and producing for television at Loyola Marymount University. She's been a two-time nominee for a Best Half-Hour Pilot at the Fusion Film Festival, and her writing has been described as insane and sort of funny. More importantly, her Instagram at Nikki Reviews is regularly described as important work and vital to the people. Please check it out. Without further ado, here's Nikki Hererian. What's up, guys? So I'll first say that, like, Smash is a game that I hate and I have hated for many years. But Dr. Mario is a game that I have loved, you know, for maybe about a year or so. Not that long. Why do you love it? Why do I love it? Because it's such a simple game with, like, banger music like the music for dr mario is so good it's famously has two songs well there's also the theme music like just from the start menu which is also good that's true mickey how about you take us into the world of dr mario let's break the story break the story I think like we need to make a very important distinction at the top of this, which is that Mario and Dr. Mario are two separate people. Dr. Mario is not Mario with the medical degree. He's his own person. Okay. So we're jumping in from the very top with a huge, I'm not even sure it's a universe change because I don't think Nintendo has ever come out on the record and said, Hey, Mario and Dr. Mario are the same person. But I'm excited to see where them being different people comes in, especially because for a Super Smash Brothers cinematic universe, I do think it's important that they're different because they're different characters. 
in in that series and we can have a Mario versus Dr. Mario showdown, which is just, you need that. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I feel like the fact that you can pick them separately on Smash is Nintendo confirming they're separate people. The ramifications of this are crazy because we can either go in the direction where this is a multiverse and it's a Mario who's chosen a different path in life or in the same universe that Mario currently exists, he has a weird doppelganger that is an accomplished... An accomplished MD. <laughs> this is my cousin Mario. <laughs> I will say, spoiler alert, it's not the multiverse one. Okay. All right. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm more excited for that explanation. So, <laughs> all right. Walk us through it. So we start up with this guy, Craig. <sighs> and his life just sucks. He's like in his 40s no friends, like works a shitty job as a janitor. He's a failed inventor by trade. He's always wanted to invent, but he's terrible at doing it. And like now he's just trying to make inventions to help him out at his janitorial job. But you know, in his, in his peak, he wanted to do something to help the world and save the world. Um, but now he's just, you know, totally alone. No wife, no kids, no nothing. And at the top of the film, he's getting sacked from his job because he invented a like self-cleaning mop, but the mop was attacking the kids at the school that he worked at. So, you know, now he really has nothing going for him. I do have to back up and say that this does not take place on Earth. Okay, I was gonna ask, is Craig a resident of human Earth or is he a resident of the Mushroom Kingdom? Or a different kingdom. My theory was that essentially there's a planet, like Nintendo planet, and every country on the planet is like a separate game. So there is like a Muslim kingdom country, essentially. Wow. That is a huge, that you, Nikki, you've introduced, you have introduced a huge concept into this podcast. What if, okay, so now we have, we have to talk, I mean, we have to talk about larger continuity issues. Like maybe we'll wait, maybe we'll just say like, I think we're, I think we have to say that Nikki gets to do that. Because no one has no one has explicitly set up that that's not what happens. No one has pitched so far anything that contradicts that. So Nintendo Planet has to become a it's thing. It's fair and- game. Honestly, breaking that down, that's a whole podcast on its own. But we'll try to do it <laughs> at the end of this episode. So Nintendo Planet. He's a resident of Nintendo Planet. Yeah, so he's in the Mushroom Kingdom country. And so... Okay, okay, okay. They're becomes a war between the Mushroom Kingdom and the Duck Hunt country <laughs> um, <laughs> over oil. Over oil? Yeah. What does the <laughs> Duck Hunt country need oil for? I don't know, like the cars? <laughs> it's... Okay, all right. It's essentially like the America-Iraq war is what's about to break on. So this has been years. Yeah. Okay, so some political commentary going on. Okay. Yeah. And so a draft has to happen because it's like so dire that we win this war. So everyone is enlisted, you know, all the men, they have to go off to war. And so Craig, you know, he has nothing left in his life anyway. So he's like, you know, I'm going to go to the war. Like I'm going to, I have something to fight for now. I have something to do. And when he's at the enlistment training camp, he sees a man who looks very similar to him, almost like a doppelganger. And the two become friends. This other man's name is Mario. 
and he is a physician. He's he's planning to be a doctor in the war and help out the troops in that way. Um, but the day before they're supposed to ship off, Mario finds out that his girlfriend Peach is in dire trouble and needs his help. And so Mario says to Craig, he's like, man, like, we need doctors in this war. Could you maybe take my place? Could you be Dr. Mario? But so essentially, you know, have you seen the pilot for Suits? Uh, yeah. But essentially, like, the show is about this guy uh, who didn't go to law school practicing law. And so the rest of the movie is basically Craig as Dr. Mario, like, practicing medicine without having went to medical school. When he meets Mario, has Mario achieved fame at this point um, as the savior of the Mushroom Kingdom, or is he a nobody? Well, I didn't know if it was my place to say. Okay. Okay, we'll leave that ambiguous then. Then if it doesn't if it doesn't matter for your story, that's just great. leave it ambiguous. It gives so a lot more freedom to the person who does write Mario. So that's great. Exactly. I didn't want to step on Mario's toes by coming up with their character for them. Regardless of when in the timeline it happens, it is Mario that he meets. It is definitely Mario whose place he takes in the war. Okay. It's like the Simpsons Principal Skinner episode. Yeah, and Mad Men. Like it's it's that. We go to the war and I'm just going to refer to Craig as Dr. Mario from now on because that's that's what he is essentially. Obviously because he doesn't know medicine, he's just kind of like tinkering around and like, you know, using his inventory skills to mix pills and potions and like try and and you know, cure these soldiers. I would say very reminiscent of how the game is played itself. You don't need a a medical degree to play Dr. Mario. They don't require it. But yeah, so now we're following Dr. Mario, treating patients in his own weird way. But, you know, as he's continuing tinkering with these medicines, he allows his inventor self to get the best of him. And he thinks, you know, we're kind of losing this war at this point, but it's really important that we win. How can I help make our soldiers even better and stronger? So he basically creates these pills that give the soldiers of the Mushroom Kingdom super strength. The mega vitamin. Yes. And, you know, it go. gets all, all done quirky, you know. These these soldiers are <laughs> huge. And, I, I don't know. But, uh, I, I think that's, that's is that close to what um, No, I think you're right. I think Harry Styles grows seven feet tall and starts just annihilating people. That's basically, uh, you know, what happens in this movie. And so at the end of it, um... Dr. Mario is really happy and people are praising him for his work. I mean, obviously he has some critics in the scientific community for what he's done to humanity. But when he returns to, you know, his country after the war, he's at a loss of what to do with himself because he's taken over another man's life, but that man still exists. It's not like Mad Men where the real Don Draper died. Um, and I thought like our, our cliffhanger at the very end is, you know, he's, he has fame now, but, uh, Mario returns and it's kind of like, well, who gets to be Mario now? So is this the end of the movie? Oh, that's the end of the movie. Okay. Gotcha. So it's basically a war film is what you're saying. It's like a, it's like, it's as much of a war film as MASH is a war show, I would say. Okay. It's about it's about the doctors. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I have a couple questions about the war. So, 
It's with the duck hunting country, right? <laughs> I had the yeah, same question. So does, does the, does, and it's over oil. Does does the Mushroom Kingdom win this war? Yeah, they win in the end because of Dr. Mario's contributions right. to the soldiers. <laughs> and what happens to the duck hunt country? They, uh, they die. I don't know. What do you want? All of them? Okay, who is fighting for the duck hunt country? And is the official name the duck hunt country? The duck hunt country, their soldiers are all dogs. <laughs> <laughs> So it's essentially dogs fighting like toads. Not the animal toads, but the the, the Mushroom Kingdom residents' toads with their mushroom heads. Yes, exactly. So that's how that's the visual of this war. In the end, the Duck Hunt Country, like, I mean, they're really crippled by this war. They lose so many residents in this war, and they don't even get the oil in the end. They were the ones who initiated the war. I will say, um, <laughs> they started it. Yes, <laughs> they had first blood. They thought Mario was a duck, and they <laughs> shot at him. It's it's really sad, I would say. So whoever takes the duck hunt, like there is like a duck hunt character for Smash. Right. My guess is my guess is the duck hunt film would have to take place after this one, because right, because we'd probably want to introduce Doctor Mario before Duck Hunt. Or, or you could do it where. Be- this war, okay, just to go off on a tangent and maybe help out the next person, this war could have wiped out all the ducks, and now hunting ducks is a much harder and prized sport than it previously was leading yeah. us to that movie. Like, what if, what if the duck hunt dog and duck that are in Smash, they're the last of their kind? Yeah. They're completely wiped out. It's just tall grass and a blue sky. Wow, and their country is just an apocalypse? Yeah, well, they're... It's basically genocide. This is a wild take on Dr. Mario that I, I'm I'm completely on board with. This is this is basically our first episode that features a game that doesn't have a plot. Yeah. And you have basically free reign. The the one exception to that a little bit is Dr. Mario 64, first sequel to Dr. Mario, which does have a plot. A very, very thin one. Free plot that features Wario and uh, Rudy the Clown from Wario Land 3. But the point being is that this is not an adaptation of Dr. Mario 64. This is the origin of Dr. Mario, it sounds like, and, and, and a completely original plot with original characters, which I'm, I'm very on board with. I'd like to discuss the soundtrack for the <laughs> Chiller fever, let's hear it. Okay, well, I would say, you know, Dunkirk got all those awards for doing sound editing and all that cool stuff. But I haven't seen Dunkirk and I feel like that would be really boring in this movie. So I wanted to take inspiration from a film that I consider similar to Dunkirk, which is the Charlie's Angels reboot. I consider it similar because I haven't seen either of them and I didn't want either of them to exist. You're talking about the new one with with Kristen Stewart, right? Yes. Okay. And more importantly, with like the banger soundtrack that had like all the like, you know, pop girls of today doing new songs for it. That had the Ariana Grande song, right? It was like Ariana and Miley and Lana Del Rey and like a bunch of people did songs for that. So I want to kind of do that for this movie, but with like the rap girls of today. Um, And I want all of them to be doing songs to the beats of the like three options of the Dr. Mario. So pick out, okay, so there you've got, you've got three sound, you've got three soundtrack titles, right? You've got Fever Chill and the title theme. 
Who does what? Well, that's the beats, but no, they're doing all the songs to those three beats. Like, we're going to have eight. Oh, there are more than three songs. Oh. It's more than three songs to just those three beats. Yeah. Interesting. I thought you were going to, like, ha- have a rapper to each beat depending on their personality, but this is much more interesting. So so who are you thinking? Are you thinking, like, Megan the Stallion? Well, I think oh. Megan is maybe too uh, in tune with nerd culture. Like, I think her take on a song for this movie would actually be too good. So I would like to do like rappers who I think would be like, why am I even getting asked to do this? So I think like my headliners would be city girls because I definitely think that they would be like, this is stupid. And I think like them, like Rico Nasty, Sweetie, like throw all of them in a room with just like Dr. Mario music playing and be like, come up with a song for this. I don't even think we tell them what the movie's about. When they come up with the lyrics, do you think, because when they're like angry, cause like I'm here, I don't know what this is about. Do you think the lyrics are gonna be like kind of passive aggressive about it? Or do you think they're gonna be like really into it? Do you think they're gonna commit to Dr. Mario no matter what? Well, I think their lyrics are going to be what they are for every other song, which is just like, I love to get drunk and I love to have sex. (laughs) Does Dr. Mario like to get drunk and does he like to have sex in this? No, definitely not. But I want the music to clash with the movie. Gotcha. So you're, you're really, you're all about broadening the, uh, the potential audience through this. I want it to be so entirely different because we would tap into such a different demo right? Like the people who would go see a Dr. Mario movie are not the same people who listen to these rappers. But I feel like these rappers audiences and their fans would be like, huh, I mean, if you know, like if City Girls is doing a song for this movie, like, let's check it out. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. So do we as as the Kevin Feige's of the Super Smash Brothers Cinematic Universe, we're really on board with this choice. All right, let's go back to a scene Nikki's already pitched, but with her musical vision edited into it. Here we go! All right, that was fun. Back to the episode. Yeah, I want to make a lot of money. Okay, so in a way, this is our Black Panther, where it broadened our audience and had a very inspired soundtrack. I want the record to show that I think I think we've said that about every movie that's been pitched so far. <laughs> <laughs> but but this one's but this is it. This is our Black Panther so far. I I have a couple questions about Doctor Mario, the character that I just I need. It's been it's been such a year, and I think. I need these questions answered about Dr. Mario because I've been thinking about him all year and you have the you have the opportunity right now, Nikki, to make certain things canon and certain things not canon. And I just, I need to like, I just, I need an answer. So you've established Dr. Mario did not go to med school. He just learned this through his experience in the war. Yeah, well, he's like just doing medicine on the fly, okay. essentially. Like he doesn't he's, know anything. He's, so he's a bit of a quack, but he's good at his job is what you're saying. No, he's good at mixing pills together. Like he's good at making medicine. I don't think he's necessarily good at treating patients. Okay, okay. Does he believe in vaccines or is he an anti-vaxxer doctor wow this is a really interesting question because i obviously have not thought about coronavirus in the 
in the scape of all of this. That's good because I'm about to ask you a lot of questions about it. <laughs> well, I don't imagine that COVID exists on Nintendo Planet. But oil does. They don't have COVID on Nintendo Planet. I don't think they do, but I do. Yeah, they do have oil there. I feel like that's way more reasonable for them to have than than COVID. I guess I just don't know how things are powered there. I don't know if they're powered through stardust, if they're powered through mushrooms. So well, I think to think about. I mean, when you look at like power sources. I think it depends universe to universe. Like I think maybe different countries on the Nintendo planet would have different ways of powering different things. Like obviously I think F-Zero, it makes sense that they use oil and gas, but on planet Popstar uh, in Dreamland with Kirby, it def- I, I would say, yeah, Stardust. I, I don't think Kirby is pumping his Dragoon racer full of gasoline. And canonically in Flat Zone, the Game & Watch universe, there is a gas station. They do use gas. Honestly, that's one of like just the closest versions of just like human experiences, Game & Watch. He's just sort of living his life in that one. Game & Watch, and then the other one that comes to mind is Punch-Out. Like Punch-Out just takes place in Brooklyn. Nikki, so in your Dr. Mario movie, the existence of super medicine is the thing, is a thing. But also in Dr. Mario, there's the existence of super viruses, like viruses with a face and they're evil and they're dancing around. Does Dr. Mario delve into that at all? Does he have like, does he make a bioweapon that like kills all the ducks? Like <laughs> what is your stance on all that? Well, I feel like that's not something that I thought about for this film, but it could be a great sequel, could it I not? I feel like I was gonna say the viruses sound like great sequel potential. Cause I learned while researching for this episode that did you guys know that the virus and Dr. Mario are aliens. No. If you beat the hardest level on the, like on the hardest difficulty setting, it's revealed in a cutscene afterwards that the viruses arrived in the Mushroom Kingdom via UFO. So basically, the Mushroom Kingdom's equivalent of COVID <laughs> was sent by aliens, which is just proves all sorts of conspiracy theories. I'm sure. I, I feel like saving the viruses for a sequel, that's a good plan. A Dr. Mario 2. I feel like this is also like Ant-Man where like it was it was a movie only written to fit into the continuity of the Avengers so that like he can go back in time and all that. But they're still making sequels because like they have the IP. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we would probably not be doing a Dr. Mario movie had Dr. Mario not appeared as a playable character in Super Smash Brothers. But now that we have him, there's just the Dr. Mario franchise is just like, it's like a flagpole, like every two summers, there's a new Dr. Mario movie coming out. <laughs> I definitely feel like this is a franchise not for necessarily the masses. I think like everyone will watch the first one, but I think most people believe the theater being like, that's kind of dumb, right? But it will become a cult classic to a select few and they will come and see every sequel that we make. Right. If the soundtrack is like as lit as it sounds, I could see a cult following expanding to just everyone seeing it for the meme and it accidentally becoming a box out of a smash. It's the Cats 2019 of our universe. I want the record to show now that that's actually the second time I've referenced Cats on this podcast in three episodes. So we're doing great. Stylistically, did you think like of anything else that you wanted to pitch besides the soundtrack? Well, I did want to say that I imagine all of the actors in the Mushroom Kingdom to be British. (laughs) I was trying to think of like, what's an accent for the Mushroom Kingdom? And I was trying to think of the weirdest accent I could, and it was British. I mean, this is a question that we've had to tackle. I mean, we briefly brought it up on an earlier episode. 
What does Mario sound like when he has to talk full sentences? Does does Mario talk or does he just go like, wahoo, here we go. I think that Mario and, and Craig, who is our Dr. Mario, are entirely like they speak so differently. Like I imagine that Mario speaks as how he does in the games where it is that kind of like broken English, weird catchphrases. Okay. But, you know, Craig is a man of, a man of invention, a man of science, a man of physics. So he speaks in a more eloquent, nerdy way, I would imagine, which is again, why I was thinking British. Okay. So over the course of the movie, he has to develop his own Mario impression. (laughs) <laughs> well, no, because it's not like the people that have also been drafted for this war know Mario. Unless unless the people, whoever picks up doing the Mario movie chooses that Mario was already famous prior to the Dr. Mario movie. Mm-hmm. You know? If yeah. it wasn't famous before, then it's like, who who knows how he talks? Then he doesn't really have to be doing this impression. But I guess that would add another level of suspense if people already knew how Mario spoke. Yeah. And only because, like, when Dr. Mario does taunt in the Smash Brothers games, he sounds astonishingly like Mario. All right, I think we should move into continuity approaching here because I just, we, we, we have to break down the logistics of Nintendo Planet. So I have a pitch for Nintendo Planet. Okay. When Nikki told me about Nintendo Planet, here's what I was thinking. At some point in our universe, we're eventually going to do a Super Smash Brothers crossover event, Right. Right. And I think in that event, there's like a merging of the multiverse, right? I, like, I think we have to do that one as like, it's a multiverse type thing where they're all from different universes or whatever. But maybe during that event, there is born a new universe from the ashes of Final Destination where refugees from, <laughs> like maybe something happens during the Super Smash Brothers miniseries where there are... Uh, refugees from each universe and they settle this new planet in this shared universe and so nintendo planet isn't where they all start but after a super smash brothers crossover event Hmm. they move to nintendo planet okay that was my thought and my first instinct for how to explain it what what i like about that is dr mario appears first in melee yeah. So if we have everything, if Nintendo Planet is the fallout of just the first Smash Brothers, that totally makes sense. We're right on time to introduce Dr. Mario for the second Super Smash Brothers adaptation. Okay. I think you saved us a lot of work. Yeah. I think in I connecting think, all of this. Because we can't contradict the fact that Ham Star Fox pitch, those characters come from the planet Corneria in the Lilat system. Right. So we can't have them suddenly coming from a Nintendo planet. So we can't contradict that. But I think if a Nintendo planet is created in the fallout of Super Smash Brothers, then, and, and you know, maybe, you know, not everyone from like Hyrule then lives on Nintendo planet, but like there are residents that go back and forth, you know. There are some things that come out of that that now have to be true. Because if Mario is already established as like, you know, the Mario... Mm-hmm. post smash brothers he has to be the mario in this universe as well right what you're saying is it basically means that the mario that craig meets while enlisting for the war has to be famous already and has to have it has to take place after super smash brothers right right unless there's a time thing that happens with this with the big smash brothers ending i think it actually makes sense that mario is already famous when craig meets him i think it adds to the stakes 
I think that that heightens the stakes that Craig is meeting like this celebrity hero of the Mushroom Kingdom and of like the entire multiverse. And it makes sense why it's why it's important that Craig become Dr. Mario instead of just Dr. Craig. Because if Mario is just some nobody, then why does he need to like be Mario? But I think it's important that if, if Mario, for whatever reason, can't participate in the war, that Mario is still there and, and Mario takes the opportunity to use this lookalike in the form of Craig to be like, you need to be the leader of these people and give them hope when I can't. And that's how Craig becomes Dr. Mario. Right. And I think there's a lot of places we can hint at future things here, especially some that really struck me was when Nikki mentioned that Craig wants to be an inventor. Who do you look up to when you want to be an inventor on the Nintendo planet? And the only one that really comes to mind is Professor Egad. Professor Egad is a great choice. Alternatively, I, I thought of a couple other inventors. You have Professor Hector who in the game Gyromite invents Rob the robot. There's room for that tie-in. Dr. Light and Dr. Wily from Mega Man also come to mind, but there may be two later on. Yeah. I think I think I I I think Egad is a good choice, especially because just Egad is also Mario. It's like a different corner of the Mario universe, but I think it's good to have Egad has a similar thing going where he's kind of crazy and he kind of has that Ghostbusters thing going where the inventions, they're just a little weird. They're a little zany. They're kind of off the rails. And I mm -hmm. think that fits Craig's character as well as something to model after. Okay, wait. Okay, I have another question about Nintendo Planet. If we're doing the multiverse theory, right? Where the this planet is common ground, like a neutral ground for all of the universes in the Super Smash Brothers multiverse. When a new multiverse is like found or discovered, let's just use Castlevania as an example. Like if Castlevania doesn't come around until way later on in the universe, do they have to be like, oh, shoot, we got to make a Castlevania country? Well, that can lead to a lot of things because it's already established that there's wars on this planet. Right. And these wars, they're about oil and they're about this unclaimed land because there's, these lines have to be hastily drawn because it's a new planet for everyone. So that can be incorporated if, you know, this whole new universe shows up and right. they're like, where are we going to live? Right. This definitely sounds like, like a phase two because it's post Super Smash Brothers. Like maybe like a big theme of phase two is this attempt to, to create this utopia on Nintendo Planet, but Nintendo Planet is constantly falling short and it, it's really chaotic there. And it's a melee. It was supposed to be paradise, but it's constantly proving to be like hell on earth. I like it. And that it's a battlefield. That's what becomes. Yeah. And another way that this sets up really uh, well for Su Super Smash Brothers Melee is that so, Nikki, your big tag at the end is that how can Dr. Mario and Mario exist at the same time in the Mushroom Kingdom? And so that's just such a great conflict to use because I think one of the biggest things we're going to struggle with in the Super Smash Brothers movies slash miniseries is how are we going to make all these good guys fight each other and have motivation to fight each other? 
And so that that strikes me as just such a good setup for conflict with Mario and Dr. Mario. There can only be one Mario and they're both competing for that spot. One thing we can also take from not the games themselves, well, actually, yes, an iPhone game, but mostly the Dr. Mario manual is there is the existence of a Dr. Peach. And it might be interesting if she is the same Peach as Mario and maybe she wants you know she wants to do something besides being a princess so she joins i have a pitch i have a a crazy pitch so what if in the in the war between dr mario and mario dr mario creates an army of other doctors who are all doppelgangers of other residents of the mushroom kingdom because there's also a Dr. Luigi. Right, well, because in, in the most recent smartphone game, which is called Dr. Mario World, I believe, every character in the Super Mario Bros. universe basically gets a Doctor equivalent. From Mario, Luigi, and Peach down to there's like a Dr. Goomba Tower, uh, a Dr. Baby Wario, and like crazy characters. So what if this is just me spitballing on like a sequel idea, the army of doctors versus the army of regular Mushroom Kingdom residents. I'm excited for that sequel. I think the doc, the Dr. Mario sequel has just, there's so much room for stuff. We've got some great setup going on. I, I, I really think the choice to have Mario and Dr. Mario be different people just, it sets up so much potential. Yeah, I think that for the sequel, like earlier Pete brought up the, the, the like super virus. I feel like no matter what, like you need to have Mario and Dr. Mario team up by the end of the film to like end this super virus. Like the majority of the film can be Dr. Mario versus Mario. And then the super virus is happening in the background and then you have them team up at the end. So it ends on like, I guess a somewhat positive note, but if you wanted to include the super viruses somehow, I feel like you can have that going on in the background during this Mario V. Oh yeah. You got plots and subplots for sure. I mean, there's so much to take on. It, with the super virus plot, something I wanted to mention from Dr. Mario 64 is the incorporation of Wario. Because Wario does something crazy where he, ste- at the beginning of the game, he steals Dr. Mario's super, are they super vitamins or mega vitamins? Mega vitamins. He steals the mega vitamins for the purpose of, I'm not fucking with you, of raising the price and selling them to selling them for a crazy amount of money. Wario which is big pharma. <laughs> it's the most relevant, like, evil, I think, out of Mario all the Nintendo big games. Mario pharma, <laughs> and, and I think canonically, Dr. Mario is pro-universal healthcare. What a scumbag. <laughs> I think for, for the purposes of our timeline, though, I mean, we, we could talk sequel all we want. For the purposes of our timeline, though, I think the only thing we're adding to the canon is di- what's directly in... Uh, Nikki's pitch, right? Right. Okay. Okay. So, you know, someone can feel free to come on and give us their Dr. Mario 2 and go in a completely different direction. Uh, any of our speculation on Dr. Mario 2 has not just become canon, but Nikki's Dr. Mario 1 is now in the canon. Yeah. And it's the first of this podcast series that where we can actually put it ahead of something in the timeline. Right. So with the first two episodes, they're standing very much at the bottom. And yeah. then we have Dr. Mario nicely put after the first phase, the first Smash Brothers. After Super Smash Brothers and, and almost certainly... Definitely after Hamilton, Star Fox, probably after Kyle's Ocarina of Time, I would say. My guess is Ocarina of Time would be before Super Smash Brothers, but it, it might, it doesn't necessarily have to be. Yeah, that's a, 
That's a call we'll make later, I think. That's a call we'll make later as we continue to develop the Legend of Zelda sub franchise. Um, but certainly now the, the, the timeline is looking more complex than it has before. And it's only going to get more and more crazy. Thank you so much, Nikki, for joining us and pitching your Dr. Mario. It was an absolute pleasure having you on. We really appreciate it. Any excuse to sit down and talk about Dr. Mario for an hour is, is uh, a good night. Yeah, that was fun, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. This wouldn't have been possible without some awesome remixes by some amazing musicians. Here are their credits so you can listen to them without us talking over it. From Amethyst, the We Shop Channel Chill Lo-Fi Remix. Purple Six Beats did the weird 8-bit trippy psychedelic trap beat. A lot of adjectives there, but you get it. The Mushroom Kingdom National Anthem, based on the Super Mario ending came from Ben Emberly. Intender did the Dr. Mario NES main title soundtrack cover. The R&B All Out of Pills came from JTBS. Unique Elements did In Pain, Call Dr. Mario, which is a pop trap hip hop instrumental beat remix of Dr. Mario. Nintendo came from Doja Cat. <laughs> Maybe you've heard of her. <laughs> Ska Tune Network did the Dr. Mario Fever Ska cover. And of course, the sound effects are from freesound.org, the Super Smash Brothers series, and the Mario series. Please check out our website at mizensmashpod.podient.co. And check out our Twitters at mizensmashpod or my personal Twitter at psimmonshayes. And mine at Simon Lewis Song. We are on Spotify and Apple Music. So follow us on either platform and never miss an episode. Yeah. And, and you know what? Share it with your friend if, if, if they like Smash Brothers or podcasts or something. That'd be really cool if you did that. Yeah, we appreciate sharing. All right. See you later.